we live now. Jeremy Lee in the building and every guest that you ever needed. Sports cards after hours keep the hobby heated. Updates, hobby talk like you've never seen it. Sports cards live and I could ever beat it. Sports cards is a lifestyle. Sports cards and we live now. Welcome to another episode of Sports Cards Live with your host, Jeremy Lee. All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome to episode number 169 of Sports Cards Live. It is Saturday night, January the 21st, 2023, and my name is Jeremy Lee. I want to thank Ralph Chatsis, also known as Stomatis Wraparound Cards, for joining us last week. We had a pretty amazing conversation about vintage cards and amazing contributions from the chat. So thank you, everyone, for that. If you missed it, you can watch that on the YouTube channel or listen on podcast. There are going to be two shows tomorrow on the Sports Cards Live YouTube channel. The first one will be at 7 o'clock Eastern on Collectible Live. Our guest will be Mike Kantz. You know him from Instagram. He is a big name in the hobby singles. He will be joining me to talk about the various cards and other assets that are going to be debuting on the Collectible BWIC, their Bids Wanted in Competition platform. Also, starting a couple hours after that at what will be 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. I'll be back on for the PWCC weekly auction. We'll be covering the hockey. My guest will be Josh Madigan of the Hockey Cards Gong Show. So back-to-back shows tomorrow night. I want to ask you to join the close to one quarter million people who have already downloaded the Center Stage app across both iOS and Android. For quick comps, whether you are at a card show or you are pricing your cards for any platform, check out their collections and albums features too. It is continuously improving, and they just released a big update on iOS to allow collectors to share their albums and profiles with each other through iMessage and Apple Mail. They are about to enable hyperlinking so people can share their profiles through Instagram, Hangouts, Facebook, and more. So please join me in supporting the great team and the innovation there that they are undertaking Check out Whatnot, everybody. Whatnot, the app for auctions, group breaks. Buy it now is hosted around the clock by some of the most entertaining breakers in the hobby. Also, I want to shout out Ken Cairns from the the Sports Card Lessons podcast. He had me on last week. It dropped a couple of days ago. Check out Sports Card Lessons podcast. Ken hosts a great show. Okay, I want to thank the Morrison Trading Post for having me at their trade night last night. That was a lot of fun. What a great time, a great store that they've built both for their bricks and mortar and their online sales, morrisontradingpost.com. Check them out. I had a great time there last night. Thank you again and always to all of the loyal viewers, listeners, podcast subscribers, YouTube subscribers, all that. Thank you all so much for continuing to come back and consume this content. If you are not yet subscribe to the channel please go take a moment and do so and as always tonight your co- your questions your comments will be in play let's get to tonight tonight's guest got started in the hobby not too long ago november 2021 after her father-in-law passed away and left his expansive collection to his kids and she took on the role of steward her favorite team is the Dallas Cowboys. Her favorite athletes are Micah Parsons and C.D. Lamb. She's originally from Bedford, Texas, currently hailing from Fort Worth, Texas. Let's now bring her out, Becca Davis. Welcome to Sports Cards Live. How are you on this fine Saturday? Hi, Jeremy. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Well, you're you're very welcome. It's great to have you. 
Let's uh, let's jump in. We've got lots of comments already. Welcome everybody to the show. We're going to get to those shortly. But first, I think you know we chatted the other day. You you filled me in on the story about how you came to be in the hobby, and I want you to share that with the audience. But I think this is a great opportunity. You know, uh, obviously, I don't know. I didn't know your father-in-law, but he he was a big collector, and I want to. I just think it's important. I, I mean, I want to give you the opportunity to. Uh, to just tell us about about your father-in-law, the collector that that I don't know if anyone watching here uh, knew him. Perhaps you have some friends and family watching. I'm sure they did. But for everybody else, can, what can you tell us about your father-in-law and his his collecting? So my father-in-law, his name was Mark Davis, and he what he collected his whole life. So as a kid, I heard that he um, started collecting with his brother and and his dad, and they went to card shows and the national. And then he, he was a lifelong collector. So all the way up until 2019, when he passed away after uh, an aggressive battle with cancer, he was collecting. And so it, it is a really big collection and it's something that he was really passionate about. He loves sports. And so he knew all the facts about all the players. So, you know, when, when you are uh, battling cancer in an aggressive form, you obviously have an idea that, that, that you know, it's not gonna end well. And, uh, and life's gonna go on for everybody else. What sort of instructions or guidance did he leave with, with uh, your husband and his siblings and yourself as well? What were, his, what were his wishes for his collection after he was gonna be gone? So he briefly towards the end told his sons, he has two sons and a daughter. So my husband is one of the sons and he briefly told them um, to sell it on eBay, you know, told him how to make an account, build a reputation, get um, some reviews, and basically said to sell it as singles or lots because um, his collection varies. There's a lot of things that probably need to be sold as a set, but singles as well. So that's really all he had time to really share. So that's kind of what we went off of. And did you and your and your, your husband, the siblings, the family, did you feel prepared for this? I mean, I don't know if you knew how big the collection was at the time, and we'll get into that shortly. But once, you know, once he was gone and there was this collection to, to deal with, were you guys comfortable with what was to come and how you would go about disposing of it or dividing it up, uh, selling it on eBay? How did that kind of work itself out? So for those first two years, we didn't really look at it or touch it. Um, it was at their home and it was in 2021, November, 2021, that um, my, mo my mother-in-law was getting her house ready to sell. And so that's whenever we moved everything over. And that's when I learned for the first time how big it was. And so why, so you are now, as, we, as I mentioned in my intro of you, you are basically the steward of this collection. Um, why are you the one, you know, he had two sons and a daughter and you're a daughter-in-law. Why is it that you're the one who is now, uh, as far as I know, at least representing this collection and dealing with it? Yeah. Um, so the brothers, all the siblings, they decided that they wanted to sell it. They thought that the hobby was probably dying, that um, kids were into electronics now and it would probably be a good time to sell. Um, and I am a realtor and sometimes I have downtime, um, unpredictable time and the others have consistent, you know, nine to five type jobs. And so I had the extra time. Plus I was the one 
with my guest bedroom full of the cards and I wanted them out. So I kind of started digging in and that was just a snowball. It just went from there, huh? Yeah. And so before you had them in your guest room, did you have any experience with sports cards? You mentioned that your your husband, his siblings felt that it was maybe a dying hobby because they were probably not involved in it uh, for several years, as my assumption. But did you yourself have any any connection, any experience whatsoever with sports cards before that kind of, that day that you went into that extra room in your house and decided that it's time to do something with them? I had zero experience. I hadn't even seen the full collection. Um, it was in like an insulated air conditioned attic and the brothers, they had been through it, but I hadn't. And I had seen him like share packs of cards with his um, nephews and stuff. But um, I, I had zero knowledge of sports cards. I wasn't really, I'm not that big of a sports fan. So I, I went from zero to, to 100, really. Zero to 100. So let's talk about the 100 then. What, and really, um, how did you go about getting from zero to 100 and integrating yourself into the hobby, uh, inform, becoming informed on things? What was your strategy to kind of get up to speed? Well, I started going through some of the boxes, familiarizing myself with them. Um, he had it pretty well organized, so I caught on quickly that it was, you know, the football, then baseball, um, some hockey, a little bit of golf, and then basketball. Um, so I just kind of started looking some cards up on eBay and started listing some, whatever I looked up and um, went, went from there those first two or three months. And then um, I started digging deeper, finding some other outlets, watching YouTube videos, um, trying to find more information about it. So that's how you kind of did. You just you just start with a Google search, if, if nothing else, right? And just see right. what, what's out there. And so now that you've you know become informed, as informed as you can be in about 14 months or so, um, how has your interest, how do you feel like, how knowledgeable do you feel right now? And how, how much interest do you have in it? Like if you were to compare from, you know, before you, you had this collection, you probably had zero interest or knowledge. How much, how, how much interest do you feel that you have right now? And also knowledge? Well, I started to spend every day with these cards. I was spending part-time hours, part-time job hours with these cards. And instead of thinking of it as a waste of time while I was making slow progress, I figured, I guess this is my hobby, you know? Um, and so I, with every bit that, of knowledge that I gained and more people that I met, I just enjoyed it more and more, became fascinated with it. I saw lots of opportunities. Um, there's just so much that you can do with the sports cards, whether it's, I mean, the, the list is really long, whether you, find one thing that you want to collect or you want to break boxes or break boxes for other people you want to help consign. I just thought that there was a lot of opportunity. And um, I think my first card show was in May of 2022. And it's just grown from there every, every time that I meet someone. And so now that you've spent, I, I had this funny, at least to me, it was funny thought going through my head when you said, you know, I've been spending all this time with these cards. It's you may it made me think of like um, 
almost like an, an, I hope I hope no one takes this the wrong way, but almost like the way a nanny would go to work at a house and start spending all this time with these kids that you know that aren't hers or his. And uh, and and then I thought, oh, maybe you're like the card nanny, but I don't I don't know that might I don't I like, know if that, I like that. I don't know if that's uh, if I don't know if that's uh, if there's any derogatory connotations to that or not. So if there are, I apologize. But that's what that, I just thought that was kind of funny in my own head there. Um, so for your your own level your level of interest now are you a collector like you know it you and i'm kind of stumbling on my question here because i know a little bit about how involved you are in the hobby in the community and i wonder are you are you involved in the hobby in the community now simply as someone who's selling cards or are you really taking an interest in these cards to the point where you might want to hold some and have your own personal collection and find something of your own to collect. Any thoughts on all that? So I don't want to call myself a collector yet because I really admire collectors and I have a collection, but I'm not trying to add to it right now. Um, it's kind of backwards. I have a collection and it's massive. And every time that I go to a card show, I see all these cards that we already have. So, so far I haven't, haven't found a strong need to add to it but through that i am searching for what actually i enjoy collecting and there is one thing that has sparked my attention back in uh, right before the national so june i finished watching season four of stranger things and decided to look it up to see if there were any stranger things cards and there were and that's one thing that i am now starting to collect so very slowly i don't want to add too much because that would be um, counterproductive or contradictive of what I'm trying to do, get, get rid of this collection. So it's hard to add to it, but um, I, I don't see myself stopping. Um, I really do enjoy just the whole culture and community. So the I'll find a way to stay. Yeah, that, that's, imp I mean, just the fact that you you know, number one, you had no connection to sports cards for your whole life. All of a sudden it's inherited by your family and you, you are then kind of, you have the time. So you, you tend to these things and you, you actually love the, the, the culture and it is, you know, it, it's a subculture. It's, it's heavily male dominated, more and more women that probably more women right now than ever. And I, I have to think that that's continuing to grow, which is a, which is a wonderful thing. But it's just so it's so it's nice to hear that you were impressed and you enjoy the culture. I just want to bring up one comment we have uh, from Alex sports card stallion says card nanny. Hey, that's trading card chick to you. Well, well said, uh, Alex Pashan. Good to see you. And he was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago. Um, I'm going let's OK, let's take a few minutes now, Becca, now that we've kind of got the let's get to know what you're doing here in the first place, sort of out of the way. And uh, let's say hello to uh, Justin Bode. What's going on? Jake Dahl is here with us. Vintage card collector. Good to see you. Perk. We got Jerry Hotch. Go have stiff arm wax in the house. Some of your friends from Clubhouse. We'll get into that. There's Abdeel. There's Alex again. Best live sports card show. Thank you. I uh, very much appreciate that. Good evening, Kevin. Good to see you. Studio Sports is here. Slab Strong is here. I mean, I'm seeing a lot of the uh, a lot of the clubhouse regulars, so that's uh, that speaks well from your perspective. You spend some time on there. We'll get to that more of that soon. Jeff Hart, what is happening? Jeremy Fullerton is here. 
I gave two more. Yeah, who, who can give the most claps? Uh, Stiff Arm Wax gave us three claps. Uh, Slab Strong gave us what looks like five. And then uh, Slab Strong calls out that he gave two more than Stiff. So lots of competition in the chat tonight already. Diamond Card Collector, what's going on? Chad is here. Baseball Card Curmudgeon, that's Julian, another friend of yours from, uh, from Clubhouse. Joe Perot is here. What's happening? Clay Phillips, good to see you. Amanda Z is here. Welcome to the show. We have Michael Ham. Good evening. Abdil, shout out Becca. Shout out to Dallas, Texas. Let's stop right there for a second as as uh, Abdil mentions Dallas. And let's talk about, it's your bat. You basically live in Dallas, Fort Worth, same, same general area. The Dallas Card Show is has become uh, a major stop on the card show circuit in the last couple of years. Um, tell us about your Dallas Card Show experience. How many times have you been there? Um, when you walk in there now, do people know you? Just give us the rundown. So they have a show every two months, and I went to my first one in May. That was my first experience, so I was very nervous. Luckily, I knew a few people who kindly introduced me to many people, um, but but that was my kind of wow experience, and um, I enjoyed it. I got a feel of what, what it looks like with all the tables and cases of cards. And um, I've been to all the shows ever since. So I don't know if that's four or five, but it's crazy because I went from nervous and um, shocked to it be feeling kind of like home now. I just went, I guess the last one was two weeks ago. And uh, yeah, I see so many familiar faces. I go by myself and with no agenda and run into lots of people and stay for hours so it's awesome about and 40 so minute drive is how many how far is it for you about 40 45 minutes that's that's not bad at all so you started with the first one in may i did the math in my head january would have been the fifth one you've been to if you've been to them all can you provide a bit of sort of color for us on how the dallas show because the last eight months or so in the hobby that, you know, we, we've had tumultuous times. How, what have you seen and what have you noticed has been different from the first one you went through, went to back in May through the one a couple of weeks ago? I heard the one a couple of weeks ago was amazing. I've only heard good things about it. What can you tell us about how it's, how the, the show has kind of progressed from May through till this, this, uh, the one earlier this month? I think maybe the August and November show were a little bit slower, um, but it's never been empty. It's never, it's always had a good energy. This last one in, in January definitely was energetic and full. And I heard that people sold well. Um, and in fact, one of my friends went and took her son, two of my friends took their son for the first time and, and enjoyed it. So I still think new people are coming in and it seems to be doing well. Good. Well, that's good to hear for sure. Hot sauce sports card. Enjoyed the story. Becca to the moon. Papa Jim, welcome to the show. This is one of the best guests to have on your show. Well, yeah, I'm happy to have Becca for sure. We have one of one memorabilia cards. What's going on? Always good to see you. Justin Bode says, the guy was smart. He's talking about your father-in-law. He had hockey. Justin's a big hockey fan, and he did have a, Gret a Gretzky rookie. I know that. Do you know, is there more and more hockey than just that? How like Any idea what component of the overall collection was hockey, was basketball? You don't have to speak to just hockey, but... Is it, do you have it broken down? Do you have a good kind of understanding of how it, how it splits out between different uh, sports and categories? 
So I would say about one two row box of hockey. And that was mainly vintage stars. Like I'm going to butcher the names. I want to say, is it Bobby Hull? Bobby Hull. Yeah. Okay. Um, You know, we have the Gretzky with that complete collection. I would say it's about maybe 20% hockey, um, 40% baseball, 40%. um, No, now we're off. Uh, 40% baseball, 40% football, and then 10% hockey, 10% golf and non-sport. Okay. Okay. And a little bit of basketball maybe sprinkled in oh, there too? Yeah, basketball. So my math is wrong, but we have plenty of basketball too. Yeah. You know, if I had to guess, because it, you know, golf, hockey, probably like 10%, maybe okay. baseball, basketball, football would split out the rest with, with, I'm guessing baseball would be the, the biggest portion maybe followed by football because of the Dallas Cowboys. Does that make sense? Yes, he really enjoyed football, my father-in-law. So um, I think the vintage baseball and vintage football are around, are about even. Okay, good, good. All right, Joe Perot says, kudos to Becca, who has impressively learned a huge amount about the hobby in a relatively short amount of time. Very smart and dedicated. Very nice, Joe. Stiff arm wax, three of these. I don't know what you call that, but three of those. So... He's changed up his uh, changed up the the hand signal. Uh, Justin says her father-in-law would appreciate her. I mean, that's very nice to say. Big audience today, John Wee. Welcome to the show from Center Stage App. Contender Sports Cause on Instagram says, Becca, when you first started sorting the collection, how did you begin? I mean, yeah, like where do you start? That's a great question. I think somewhere, whether it was a football or a Facebook group about sports cars, somewhere of me asking questions, I learned to look on 130point.com, eBay, and I was spending some time on PSA looking at their, like, it wasn't their pop report, but it was like their value. So I just was getting familiar with what I had and familiar with the prices and deciding whether I needed to sell as a little set or a partial set or a singles. And really what I did, we had maybe one box of graded cards And so I started with those because I felt like, oh, that and we had a a lot of sealed wax boxes. So I started with the sealed wax boxes and the slabs in order to kind of build a reputation on eBay so people could actually see that it was legit. What what is your eBay account called if if you're willing to share? I believe it's Baylor, C-O-L, like short for collection, um, nine. Okay. And but how it's many? Linked, it's linked in my um, Instagram. Which is which is trading card chick, all one word, right? Yeah, right. I'm gonna put that on. I'm gonna put that on the ticker intermittently. I actually neglected or, or forgot to update that particular banner. So I'm going to do that when you when I ask you a question that has you talking for about a minute, so I can go do that while you, while you're talking and not not lose my place in the show. Um, All right. Well, thanks for that. And that question contender, Eric Stefano, welcome to the show. Um, This is another Eric Sanderson to Orr. Fantastic to see Becca on the show. She's a welcome addition to the hobby. And I mean, you got for anyone who's watching, listening right now, that's, you know, wondering why someone would say that. Well, Eric's with someone on Clubhouse. So you've interacted with Eric. You you got he's 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 a regular. So these are these are these comments are coming from people who know Becca already. I just want to make sure that 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 is known. Nothing Burger says should take the kids over to Leaf in Carrollton and take a tour. 
Leaf Trading Cards is what uh, Nothing Burger is referring to. They're located in, in Texas as well. Todd McDonald, good evening to you. And uh, there's Corey from Show Your Slabs. Says, Dallas has always been a good gauge of the hobby. And then says, that's a lot of percents. <laughs> yeah. It is. It is. Uh, Rage is in the house. What's up, Rage? Good to see you. Justin Bode, I like the non-sport. And Vintage Card Collector wants to know, are we going to see some sweet cards tonight? Becca, did you happen to pull any cards out to show? Not right now, but did you happen to do that? I did pull a few of the graded cards. All right. Good to know. Good to know. There you go, Vintage. We'll see some cards shortly. And Kevin says, we can all relate slipping down the I can't see myself stopping collecting rabbit hole. Yes, no doubt about that at all. And then Sports MD Collector. Good evening, Becca. I may put you in my will. You are doing so great. Oh, well, all right. Thank you very much. Well done. Well done. And okay, so let, let's uh, let's continue on now. Thanks, everybody, for the comments. Feel free to, to keep them coming. The National. So you said your first card show was Dallas in May. Shortly thereafter was the Atlantic City National, the very end of July, beginning of August of last year. I remember one night, I forget what hotel it was, maybe the Borgata. We were, there was a bunch of us there. I forget which hotel it was, but we were just kind of sitting around with some chairs lounging. And you, you were there just kind of hanging out uh, with, I think you were probably the, if I remember, the only woman in the group amongst probably 10 or 15 men. And you just kind of settled in like one of the guys. Is, is, is is settling in like one of the guys something you're used to doing in life is that is that natural and normal for you or did you have to kind of you know figure out how to do that at a card show i've always had a lot of guy friends so whether it was in high school i was close to a lot of guys and then i was big into going to concerts and the music scene and I would hang out with bands, which is mostly guys too. Um, so, and I was really close with my brother growing up. So I feel like I've always just connected better to men. Um, so it, it was, it's pretty natural for me. And plus these are all people that I had already been talking to through the clubhouse app. And so I, I felt like I was safe and comfortable. That's really, really important and nice to hear. Um, tell us a little bit about and and you can speak to you know your first or any of your dallas experiences your national experience really any card show that you've been to and even if you want to mention your clubhouse experience when you first came on there but again as a woman how were you received when you walk into a card show were you taken seriously as you should be but you know you never know were you taken seriously right away uh dallas shows nationals speak a little bit to that and maybe give me uh, maybe slow down your speech a bit so I can uh, update the one the one banner for you as you as you uh, respond, please. Okay, so it's obvious that I, uh, females are a minority in the hobby, so are kids. Um, but I go, I do what I want to do. So I walked in with confidence, um, and even though it's obvious that I'm a woman and there aren't many others. Um, I really felt like everyone treated me with respect. Now there are still some people who are stuck with old ideas that still need to be worked on. But um, I, I ex saw plenty of women still, still a minority, but still um, I, I didn't feel alone. Um, 
And I think I've only had one negative comment that was just surprising. It was just someone who said, basically, you don't look like someone who would be here. It's basically what they said. Um, but that is the only time in all the shows or the few shows that I've been to that someone has said anything like that. Um, I was afraid and sometimes I do have a guard up thinking that people will take advantage of me because they think I am not intelligent. Um, but I don't think that that's happened yet. And it does, I do have to prepare myself, know my numbers, know uh, my comps, know what I want to sell a card for. Um, but most everyone has been really uh, accommodating and helpful. Like w one time I walked up to a booth uh, to, to try to sell them some and I let them know I, I need to look up comps because I don't have them written down. And they were, they were totally cool with that. We both looked up comps. We um, talked about what we saw and figured out a good price. And that first getting over the first time type of thing uh, really helped open it up. And I've, I've truly felt comfortable. That's great. And so even that one example that you just took us through with that particular vendor, you know, when you're standing there looking at comps together, trying to figure out a deal, do you get in, do, do they get into conversation with you and kind of ask you like, you know, where did you get these? How did you, are you a collector? How interested are the vendors in your origin, or, you know, your origins, your hobby origin story, or, you know, really why you are there and um, do they ask questions? Yes. Um, and a lot of them have given me their cards. Let me know, let me know that they are buying. Um, and would love to know what we have, what I have, but um, I am not ready to sell it all as one yet. Number one, I'm scared of having nothing and then, then wondering what am I going to do in the hobby. Mm -hmm. um, number two, I feel like this is so much practice for maybe something else to come, whether I start to buy collections or um, another reason is going through these cards has allowed me to connect to my father-in-law in a way that I can't anymore. So I've learned so much by going one by one that it's not a waste of time to me because I'm learning so much about what my father-in-law might've been thinking as he was collecting and therefore translates to what I could be looking for as a collector going forward. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, some, when I'm set up at a card show, Becca, and a couple, you know, a man and a, a male and a female couple come up to my booth, and I can sort of tell that, you know, the man brought the woman with him to the show. It's his wife, girlfriend, whatever. And she's there, you know, she's kind of there, but she, you can tell she's not really interested in the cards. I always, I always look at the husband. I say, ah, she dragged you to the card show, didn't she? And I get a laugh out of them. You know, with, with you, I would, I would, almost wonder or think to myself like is your husband going to the shows with you and you know because if he did i'd probably and if you guys came up to my booth i might think to myself oh i'm going to use i'm going to use that line because it's you know it's funny it's a good icebreaker but then all of a sudden you'd be the one who'd be taking the lead on the discussions so i you know i'd probably ask some questions because i'd be curious um but let's talk about your husband for a second does he go to shows with you is he interested in the sports cards at all that were his father's he wasn't interested for a while, but he went to his first card show with me in November and was really impressed. 
Um, he really likes to show Game of Thrones. So even back at the National, I was looking for some Game of Thrones cards for him. Um, he ripped a few boxes and enjoyed that. Um, and then we're also Dallas Cowboys fans. So he has ordered a few cards from eBay that are uh, Cowboys related. Um, but I understand like it's only natural to think the way that you think. But it, and I know that it's surprising that a woman might be the one who's interested. But there are so many great women that I've met who are passionate about it. So I think that it's only going to get better. W women are going to do just the same things and uh, we'll all be surprised. Yeah, I, well, we are, it, and it's it's already happening. I mean, you know, you were at the last national, even the national, the couple nationals before there's there are more and more women. and. Uh, I've seen pictures on Instagram of like the events that, that the, the, I think there's a couple of women hobby groups, just social groups that are having an event during the national and they're getting together. And then you see this picture on Instagram of like 80 women. I'm like, whoa, there, there's like, I could walk through the show and not notice 80 women maybe. But then when you're all in one place, it's like, wow, that's a great contingent. Like the women are pretty well represented. And it seems to just be growing, which is, you know, what we all wanted to do. So that's pretty cool. What does your husband, like when you come home from a car show that he didn't go to you with, uh, go with you to, um, how, what does he think about the way you have immersed yourself into the hobby, which is often male dominated, as we've said, uh, what, what are his thoughts on that? How does he, how does he kind of just feel about everything? I think that he's proud. He, he knows that his dad would have been proud. Um, I feel like I'm kind of carrying on his legacy or trying to. Um, so I think that's how he feels. And we're, we're both pretty independent. I'm, I, I go do my own thing and he does his own thing. So he's not too surprised. And so all these women that we've talked about, you know, you've mentioned you have friends in the hobby. You said your one friend took her son to the most recent card show, but have you made friends with all these other women in the hobby who have Instagram accounts and part of these groups, like, are you part of those? I don't know. I would say fraternity, but I don't, I, I believe that might be a male kind of term. I don't know. Is it sorority. sorority? Sorority. Like, I don't know if that's the right term that reminds me of college on, but in, I'll, I'll use it just for, for convenience. Are you part of these, these women sorority hobby groups right now? Yes. There's a Facebook group that's women in the hobby that I'm a part of and they were set up at the national. So I got to meet a lot of women there. there. Um, and then there's some women in the clubhouse group. Um, I love meeting all the women on Instagram and connecting there. So to me, I've, I see a good presence of women. Great. Yeah. Well, and, and we, I'll say we all are, but by that, I mean, people who are out there consuming content on clubhouse, going to shows, all that sort of stuff. So, I, I see it as well. Mark Santucci, uh, good evening to you. Once known as Rebecca, have a favorite hockey, baseball, and football team. I tuned in a little bit late. I did mention in the intro that your favorite team, your favorite team in sports are the Dallas Cowboys. Do you have do you any have you been to any baseball games? Are you do you, would you be a Texas Rangers fan? What's your what what's your where's your alliance there? Since I was born and raised in Texas, it's all the, the Texas sports teams, the North Texas sports teams. So I've definitely been to lots of Texas Rangers games. I've been to a couple Dallas Stars games. 
Um, that's and, and then the Dallas Cowboys a few times. Great. Good. Okay. And Todd McDonald says, how does your profession help you in selling this collection? That's a great question. I, did, I didn't think of that one myself. Yeah. What, what skills from your, your profession as a realtor are you using in the hobby? Well, looking at comparable sales has been really helpful. And when <laughs> you go to eBay, you can't use the listed uh, prices. You have to look at the sold prices and you kind of go from there. Don't look at just the last one look at 10, 20, however many, and kind of average it out or pick the one that is most similar. So same with houses on condition um, and then condition with cards has been helpful. I, I heard someone recently said to me that, you know, in real estate, it's all about location, 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 whereas in sports cards, it's all about condition, condition, condition. Do you feel that way? Does that make, make sense to you? Definitely. But with houses, condition's important too. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Mark says, is Rebecca going? It, is it? It's Becca, right? It's Becca, but Rebecca is my legal name. Okay, good. Uh, Mark wants to know, are you going to be at the National in Chicago at the end of July, early August this coming? I believe it straddles the two months, but are you going to be at the National in Chicago this summer? I would, I would like to. I plan to be there, yes. If right. I went to the, the National in Atlantic City by myself, then I definitely feel like Chicago is going to be incredible. Yeah, well, it, it, it is. It's to me, it's the best place for the national. Uh, there SRT for girl, uh, Billy, someone I know says women in this hobby are awesome. And Billy's been in this hobby for uh, gosh, I've known of Billy for at uh, 20 years, 20 years at this point. So uh, good to see you here on the show, Billy. And Alex says, Becca, what is your favorite card out of the entire collection? That's a I mean, there's a lot there. What, what do you, do you have a favorite card? It changes as I discover and spend time with more that there, there are different cards that stick out to me. My current favorite is one that my father-in-law must've pulled, um, the year before he passed away and I will show it to you. And it was raw, but we got it graded and it is the, um, Luca silver prism. And it's on the show your slabs chain with slab strong. Very nice. That's currently my favorite. And that's why I would wear it. That's all I was just going to say, do you know, would you wear that only to a card show or would you wear that when you go out for dinner with your friends or your husband or whomever? I would only wear it at a card show. What? Why? Why not? Why not? <laughs> out, why not out for dinner? I don't know. I just separate <laughs> dinner and I separate hobby. Right. No, for sure. I hear you. Just having a, having a good laugh with that. So here's a question that I was, I was, I'm going to ask you, uh, and it really, the question is, what do you love about cards? But I'm going to change it to like, what do you, what do you really love about this hobby right now? What do you love about the process that you're going through? I mean, is it, is it somewhat that it, that it is similar to real estate or it's obviously a lot different when you list a, a property versus listing a card, but talk a bit about what are you like, you must be enjoying it considering the comment you just made that you don't want to sell it all. Cause then you're going to have, you're, what are you going to do next? So what do you love about this whole culture and hobby and sports cards? So I love the organization of it. I love, you know, the numbered sets or all of the different ways that it needs to be organized. I love comping 
to figure out the price. I love listing it on eBay. I love whenever I get a notification that it's sold and I get to package it and take it to the post office. I really enjoy that process. It's like a fun side hustle for me, which I'm always, I kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit. So I'm always looking for jobs and this feels like something that satisfies that. Plus I mentioned how I was surprised that it allowed me to connect with my father-in-law in a way that I can't anymore uh, and continue to learn about him. Also the history in these cards, um, our cards go back. We have some that are like 1910 tobacco cards. I came across like some Indian ones. He, he really liked cowboys and Indians and um, we have some Marine and like boats and planes and army cards. He was really into soldiers. So um, the history is pretty cool too. It's like, yeah. it's like a never ending gift that keeps on giving a treasure hunt. Yeah. Well said. The never, that's so well said. So your father-in-law was also into non-sport. It sounds like, and the whole historical aspect. I, I love that. I, I find that very interesting myself in my collection. You know, you've mentioned a couple of times now that it allows you to connect with your father-in-law in a way you can't anymore. It makes me think that you and your father-in-law must've been pretty close. Is that like, speak a bit about that. I, you know, we're, you're on the show to talk about what you're doing, but again, your father-in-law is no longer uh, with us. You know, he's no longer alive. So, you know, what, what else? Like, speak a little bit about your relationship with him. Uh, I think I think it, it it'll be nice to hear, nice for you to be able to say it, and and also I think it it adds a bit of a story to these cards that you are now out there selling. And if I were to buy one of your cards and I had the opportunity to learn about the the person who who had the collection that that this card was in. I want to know about that because all the cards that we all have in our collections now, if we just buy them online somewhere or we buy them from somebody who bought them in a collection, we don't really know the the lifespan of the the the, the, the story behind all these cards, like when they were when they were originally pulled and all the different hands of co and collectors that they went through. So I just find these things interesting and. You know, tell us a bit more about your relationship with your father-in-law and anything else that you you know that he would like the hobby to know about his collection or his passion for it. So he was a great businessman, and him and I would talk business all the time and um, like toss around business ideas. And I under he was kind of like a firm guy. He he wanted to he was always right, so he always had like the facts to back things up but I kind of pushed through that and would like joke back. So when he would like, when he would joke with me, I would joke back and we were just able to have this different level of um, conversations and business mindset. So as I'm going through the cards, I'm wondering like, what was he thinking as an investment standpoint and as a business? I know that he set up at some card shows way before I came into the picture um, with my husband, but, um, I just think it's cool. Um, yeah. trying to think of what else. Like even from, from his perspective, like you knew him, you, you, like you just said, you spent time talking to him, talking about business, you know, was the, was the hobby to him something that was ongoing throughout his life and something that he always, you know, was it what is 
like for me, the my cards are like my they're like an escape. You know, you can have a, you can have you can have your your day job. You can maybe have a, a bad day. You know, you've got it. You, we have responsibilities that as adults, and then you know, and life can be stressful. But then you can you know look at your cards and just kind of unwind if that's what you do. Maybe some people want to watch TV. Some people go work out. There's all you can do all these things, or none of them, or or some of them. But was he somebody who enjoyed just looking through his cards and and um, really curating his collection? I personally do find it relaxing to go to escape and go through the cards. I never saw him go through the cards. So, but I know that he did because I can see his notes that he left with, with some of the values of things and just some, some of like the missing cards from sets. And he wrote kind of like a average price or like a book price on many of the cards. So I know he spent time with it, but I never witnessed that. Um, going through some of the records, I do see that I know that he was a lifelong collector, but when he retired, he retired early, like 53, and then he passed away 56. Um, so I know that those last few years when he retired, he had more time and he was ordering a lot or buying a lot from an auction site. And so that's where the heavy buying came in. Um, that's all I know about it, really. Oh, hey, that, that's great. I mean, I just wanted to dig in a bit deeper into uh, into that diamond card collector says what would be your grail card or favorite card you have seen since you've been in the hobby do you have any do you have one okay so it's probably going back to that stranger things um whenever i found that there were stranger stranger things cards i really wanted the millie bobby brown autographed it's tops i think it might be 2019 and that was kind of my hunt, my first desire to hunt for something. I thought I could find it at the National, um, and then I ended up buying it on eBay. And I'm glad I did because it was not at the National. Stranger Cards things are pretty rare to find. And so um, that's probably my favorite personal card. Now, some of the cards from our family collection that I think would be good to hold on to, this Luca, the Wayne Gretzky rookie. We have a few mantles left. Um, there are actually a lot that we probably should hold on to. We have some Mahomes. I don't think we have a, we have one rookie, but it's like a patch. Um, it's overwhelming on how much it's just like, I, I kind of set them aside in a pile. If I, if I think that they might be uh, something worth holding on to. Yeah, sounds good. You know, um, Center Stage is a sponsor of the show here, and their app is really good for you know just aiming your aiming your your phone at the card and getting comps and all that. So if you're not using that yet, I, I that's something I would recommend you uh, you could use for some quick quick data. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go to a couple more comments here. Johnny Atanko says, "Just getting out out of work here to support the dude, Rebecca uh, Becca." Very nice, Johnny. Mark Santucci says, "Does Becca have?" Any older cards, say mid seventies, of Staubach, Dorsett, Harvey Martin, Charlie Waters, Dallas Cowboys players. Any? Uh, do you have some of those? Definitely. I can. I. I'm pretty sure I have. So we have multiples of these cards. I'm pretty sure we have at least six seventies Staubach. I mean, like rookies. Um, all of those names look familiar. I'm sure we do. He. He was collecting. He was trying to complete all these sets. Plus, have 
enough stars on the side so that he could have the complete set. So we have a lot of partial to complete sets and it starts all the way, like I said, a few in the tens, but also probably fifties all the way up to about eighties. We don't have too much junk era. Oh, good. That's, unless there's stars. That's real. That's a pretty optimal type of situation when you're dealing with a collection like this and you did well, it's either optimal or at the same time, sometimes when you have a lot of that junk era stuff that isn't worth any money, you can either just donate it to some causes or, you know, just get rid of it to, to clear out space. So um, nice that you don't have to, to, to do that. Uh, lots of great questions coming in. I'm, we're going to, we're going to get to them, but I want to know, do you like, do you know how many cards were in this collection from the beginning, like, or from the beginning when you started to take it over? I estimate over a hundred thousand. I kind of stopped at that as a safe number. Um, I feel like we've probably sold maybe 25% of it so far, maybe 20. So I'm very surprised at how long it's taken, but at the same time, a lot of it was me just not necessarily listing the cards, but going through and familiarizing myself with it and learning everything that I could. So hopefully it will go a little bit faster. What about any idea as to what the collection was worth? And I mean, this might be something that you don't want to divulge, which I'd understand, but in the event you're willing to, any assessment on what his collection was worth and kind of what your, and I'll have a second question to go along with that, which would be what percent of its value do you, would you be comfortable receiving for it over the course of time? Well, with a hundred thousand cards, let's say $1 per card, I estimate about a hundred thousand, but um, that's really all that I have to go off of so far because I, that's another thing, reason why I don't want to just let it go. Cause I'm not sure if there's something hidden in there that's worth even more. And I'm, I'm enjoying figuring that out myself. So I don't know, that's my estimate. And I don't feel like I'm great with estimates, but that's all I can go off of right now. So I don't know if you guys caught the, 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 the little nugget of information there that I did, which is I enjoy going through it myself. Like you're, and I know you've said it a few times that you're really enjoying this, the hobby. And that gives me some faith, not just for women, but for anybody in the hobby that, you know, there are, there are so many things about this, about the hobby that we all love and that you, there's so many different ways that you can become active and participate in the hobby whether you had any experience even if you weren't that much of a sports fan before even if you didn't ever care about cards when you were a kid there's still there are still some things about our hobby that can bring new people in including women including men of course and and you know becca herself so i, I really like that you said that i did you just enjoy the process i think that's that's just really cool uh, Perk made the comment earlier, says, I like the reselling process as well. Some people like to stream on whatnot. Some like to sell at shows. I prefer to list on eBay. It's great. There are so many avenues these days. I mean, there's, there are so many different ways that you can, you can sell your cards. Do you have a, like, what do you prefer? The eBay process, the going, taking them to a card show. Have you considered streaming on whatnot? Those sorts of things. eBay is probably the slowest process, but for me, before having an Instagram, before meeting anyone, that's the best place because everyone goes to eBay first. Even people who aren't collectors and are just buying something for a friend or for their parents, they're going to go to eBay. And so I felt like that was the best avenue to get the most traffic or get the most exposure. 
Um, I did apply to whatnot and I did get approved, but I haven't live streamed that because I am not at a place yet where I'm willing to just throw things up for auction. Um, maybe whenever I get a little bit more comfortable with values or I have like a dollar box, maybe I might do that. But that's my favorite pla place right now, just eBay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, Vintage Card Collector says, nothing beats the cha-ching sound on eBay when a card sells that you know, can come out of your pocket from the app. Diamond Card Collector, a good question. What was his favorite card, your father-in-law's? Do you know what his favorite card was in his collection? I really don't know what his favorite card was. That, that's a good question. We have so many great cards that he probably liked a lot, a lot of the stars, and he knew so many facts about everyone. He could tell you exactly why he liked it. But that's a question that I wish I could ask him. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. One of those one of those mysteries that you'll you'll just won't know. Uh, Richard Zangrillo has joined the show. What's up, Richard? Go Becca, go. He goes on to say a little bit later that he can vouch for Becca when it comes to selling cards and selling real estate. I know Rich recently moved down to Texas. Did did you help him find a place to live? I did help him find a place to live. That's that's something else that I didn't expect meeting all these people all of a sudden so many people are moving to dallas and i've been able to help him and possibly others so that's really cool so let's just give you a plug right now if anyone is looking to move to the dallas area and you need a realtor becca davis can you you can not only you know feel comfortable with her in terms of her real realtor experience and, and skills but you can also talk sports cars i mean what's that's better than right. that absolutely since you've since you've come into the hobby uh with this collection have you it's kind of a weird question maybe but have have any of your regular realty clients have you have you brought up what your your sports card side hustle with any of your clients that way and have you had any any kind of unique reactions yes i've talked to it talked about it with with several clients one of my clients said that they um my trading card chick Instagram popped up in their feed. And um, so they were they were asking me about that because that was a surprise. They had no idea. So I could talk about cards for a really long time. And sometimes it's embarrassing because I get really excited about it. And they're like, mm -hmm, cool. They don't really understand. Not everyone really <laughs> understands. But I've, I've talked to several clients about it. And then that opens some conversations. Sometimes I learn, oh, they have these signed baseballs. And we talk talk about that and um or what are those called pop i can't remember what are those those funkos yeah funko pops one of my clients had those so we talked a little bit about that so collectibles in general it it always expands to that conversation yeah that's cool that's really cool yeah and that even just happens to it happens a lot of the time just amongst card collectors where we'll ask each other what else do you collect and then you can get into those discussions as well so cool that it's happening with you when you're uh, in the world of, of realty, real estate. Theodore Rivera says, awesome story, man. This is a collector's love story. Uh, Perk says, terrible that he passed away so young, so great you have picked up the baton. And I know you, you take a lot of pride in that, which is really cool. And here's a here's a great question from Mitch. Uh, Grotman Card says, have the siblings, being uh, your husband and his siblings, have they given Becca full control to sell or not sell the cards or are there any rules they put in place for a timeline for selling them or something like that? Great question, Mitch. Yeah, let us know. What kind of autonomy do you have when it comes to this collection? 
So there's not a big rush. Um, and at first, whenever I was discovering things and starting to price things and not very confident yet, I would involve them and ask them if, if I should take lower price, if someone was offering me something. But I think that I've kind of proved myself um, as I've continued to sell and have shown them. I keep good records. So I keep a spreadsheet and if I'm able to find what my father-in-law paid for it, I'll, I'll put that down too. And you can kind of see that it's not a loss. Um, so that has helped. And yeah, they really are impressed by me and I'm proud of, proud of that. And um, they also didn't expect me to take it on 100%. They all planned to be involved and still are wanting to help. Um, but I just, I just took it and ran with it. And I'm telling you, like every day I do something involving cards, I'm hooked in that way. I love it. I love it. It's all, you're probably at the point now where your husband or his siblings are like, Hey, let me help you. Like, no, just leave it alone. I've got, I got this. Is that kind of your attitude? Like I got this. I'm kind of protective over it now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if, if they spent hours helping me. I don't know what I would tell them to do. Pound sand. Just get out of here. <laughs> Brendan Ryan says, Becca likes the good stuff right on. I wonder if he's referring to the Stranger Things uh, cards that you were mentioning before. Must must be. Uh, Greg K says, does Becca enjoy set building? So um, as you've as you've, ex you've explained already, you're not you're not describing or, or kind of classifying yourself yet as a collector. But I feel like you kind of like the 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 feeling I'm getting from you is that you might get there. You, you're kind of open to it. And so to Greg's question, is set is the concept of set building for you when it comes to Stranger Things or, or sports cards? Is that something that you're interested in? Possibly, but I'm not going to collect just because, just to collect. I'm not going to uh, start buying a certain card because all the influencers are saying to buy it. You know, I'm really true, truly waiting to find what gives me that burning hunt and um yeah i'm waiting for a couple of stranger things boxes to be delivered i've been i ordered them in november and they are having some production issues i guess so once i get those boxes that might spark me up again and yeah i might build a set with it i i just haven't gotten there yet and with the cards that we do have we do have some partial sets and so far i feel like it's probably not beneficial to complete those sets. I'm trying to just um, sell them as partial for now, just because there's so many. Yeah, can't, can't, uh, you can't collect everything or can't keep everything is what a lot of people like to say. Hits and Chick says, what a story. Someone put her on a rocket because she's taking the hobby to the moon. Hits and Chicks, good to see you as always. Mark Santucci wants to know what's what's Becca's favorite baseball set from each decade. Is this something? You know, I mean, if you if you if you could even in your mind, which I'm assuming you can't in your mind go through and picture what the design of each set looks like, but you know, for for those of us that can do that, and I can't even do it in baseball, but for people that can do it for various sports, it's always fun to go through and kind of pick your your favorite set design from the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, because believe it or not, as you know, as you know, Becca, you have enough of these cards, 
every year the set designs were dramatically different and nowadays uh, they're not all that different like especially with these full bleed not borderless cars whether it's you know even ones with borders like like prism basketball or you know upper deck hockey which has you know the for the most part full bleed images with just the they just kind of change the border one of the bottom border the nameplate around prism they're just kind of moving around the the, the borders um they don't look that much different year to year back then they were so different from a from a design perspective and appreciating the artistry of these cards do you have a preference for vintage over modern do you find what do you what cards do you think are more artistic and which ones are you are your eyes more drawn to i definitely love vintage more than modern for a couple of reasons um i the the one baseball i, I would say the older the better um the 62 stands out in my mind because that tops in of that 2022 tops anniversary that was kind of modeled off the 62 design is that right is it 62 you know i mean I'm... I'm gonna say yes but i'm not 100 certain I, i'm like sitting here i'm like okay 62 what does that look like so i'm gonna go to my phone i'm gonna is it 52 no it's 62. what is um mickey mantle's rookie year well that would be the 51 bowman so you're probably talking about the 52 don't know but 52 tops is the big mickey mantle card 52. okay so it's 52 that is the year that's sticking out in my mind is my favorite um but even back further, I don't know the year, but there's some that are not the standard card size. They're almost a square and they have like a solid color. Um, it's like red and blue. I liked that year too. We have a couple of those, but I don't know what year it was. So the older, the better for me. And that's because I like the history. I like that those players stats aren't going to change. It's just easier for me to remember. And like a, a card like that, the Warren Spawn from the 40, wow. 48, 48 leaf set, like the solid yeah. background. Is that a card that you're kind of talking about? Yes. Yeah. I yeah. I also love those as well as the, the 40, uh, the 49 Bowman's, which also are similar to the 48 oh, leaves yeah. and they just sort of have a, a solid background in the player, the player picture. I, I love those cards too. I think the, it's those colorful backgrounds are just so they're they're so uh i don't know are i just love the colors they they they, they make the player's face and, and the the portrait just pop yeah uh, same know. with the 62 and someone correct me if i'm wrong on the year but 62 for basketball 61 I, fleer yeah i like those again with the, just the bold color kind of simple i don't like it too complicated here, I'm just going to see what a 62 tops baseball card looks like. Oh, it's the wood grain. Oh, is that the one you were thinking of? That's not the one that I was thinking of. No, you're, uh, you might, you, if you're talking about the set that recently came out, the, the diamond anniversary version, it might've been called, I forget. I know they gave away some packs at an event. I was out of the national, uh, but I, I believe, you know, the, the 1952 tops, you know, here we can just have a look at one of those because you know, there's, there's, <laughs> that's it's not one, a hard card to, but there's, there's the Mickey Mantle. Yes, that's it. That's With the problem. autograph at the bottom. Yeah. The facsimile autograph in the box on the bottom. Yeah. 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 That I like those. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're, they are so beautiful. So I'm not surprised to me. 
Yeah, I like the next year. The 53 is also very nice. I, I, Greg K here shouts out the 54 tops had solid color. Yeah, those are great too. I lo- and I love the 54 tops, the Hank Aaron rookie, Ernie Banks. I mean, you've got you've got some great cards in there. Um, but just to Greg, we were talking about more, more of the pre-war, uh, not pre-war, but pre-1950 anyway, the 48 and the 49s had those nice solid backgrounds as well, which I really do like. Uh, Perk says, I hope to see Fanatics push the envelope with new designs. I mean, they don't, as far as I know, they're not making cards, right? Tops is making cards, uh, so they'd have to influence Tops. But I hear what you're saying. I would like to see, I would like to see card designs uh, get back to the creativity that we had, you know, pre the the whole Monopoly era of of sports card licenses. Uh, Jake's Toast said 58 Tops had solid color backgrounds, 54 Tops had them. Jake Dahl says Mantle had 252 cards, Bowman and Tops. Yeah. Good. Um, I wanted to ask you this question. So do you have a do you have a group of girlfriends, like friends from wherever you're, throughout your life that you have that you have in your life today? Outside of cards? Outside of cards. Definitely, yes. Yeah. What so what do they think about? your side hustle and your involvement and, and the fact that you traveled to Atlantic City for a sports card convention without your husband what do they think of this when you like are they just speak to that I, I find it fascinating they're fascinated as well um they are blown away they just didn't know that this world existed and that there was so much that you could do with it um I think that they're just impressed that I've met so many people and they're it's just something that you don't hear about every day so it's kind of exciting for them to hear about this other world um and i think they're proud of me for it too good yeah well and as as they as they should be i mean anybody who would inherit a big collection with no prior experience to immerse yourself in it like you said that you do something in the within the hobby every day I mean, that's just, that's dedication, discipline, commitment, and you're, you, you, you keep it organized, you keep records. I mean, we're, a lot of the questions I'm asking and I'm curious about are, are from the angle of being a woman in the hobby, but really you're giving out some really good tips on how to manage a big collection, whether it's your own or one, you, one that you inherit. And then the other, the other thing that I think everyone who's listening or watching needs to think about is what we're going to do with our own collections upon our ultimate demise, whether it's of old age or, you know, what, you know, in your eighties or nineties, or if something, you know, surprising happens earlier, you don't want to burden your family with this collection that they may not want to, may not know how to handle. You also don't want them to undersell them or under dispose of them. So I think it's really one of the takeaways from your story is that, Anybody who's got a collection of any value, any significant sort of value, you need to have a plan in place. And your father-in-law's plan was to leave it to his kids to sell on eBay. That's a, that's a fair plan. That that's at least he, he at least he gave some direction. He'd probably be super impressed with how you're taking it to a different level, and you're not just selling it on eBay. You're researching and you're making sure that you're that you're honoring his 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 hobby life body of work in assembling this collection so there's there's lots there but how important do you think it is for people who are listening watching hobbyists to have a plan for their collection if anything untimely were to happen to them 
I think it's important. I think maybe if you just write a little note of where to start and maybe just put it in your collection, that might be helpful. Um, whether it's contacting me to consult with them, to, to help guide them, um, just someone that you trust, whether it's a friend, connect them with your hobby friend who can help guide them. I know that many people will just um, send it to an auction, which is a great option too, but I just felt like I didn't want to undervalue it. I wanted to do everything that I could because I was able to um, have the time to figure it out myself. Um, that's the option that I took and I'd be happy to share my tips and what I've learned and what I've wasted time on um, to anyone who might find themselves in their that that situation. What? Let's just talk about that for a second. Time wasters. What? Uh, what have you found to be a waste of time that you that you maybe tried and realized no, this isn't the right approach. Do you have any sort of one one or two things right there that you could share with us? There are a few companies that I tried to send some cards um, that aren't really hobby, aren't ca card hobby only. Um, and I, that was a little bit of a waste of time, but through all that waste of time, I, I learned something. So um, I'm trying to think of some other things. It, it just, it does take a lot of time. And I think that if you had a straightforward, like do this, then it, it might help um, just, just that exploring all, all the Google searches, all the Facebook group questions um, that I had to do on my own, that might've been helpful if, um, there was just a more direct way. Almost like, you know, someone should write a course on how to leave your collection uh, behind. And, you know, maybe it's not a full, a full out course, but just with, you know, a checklist even of what those tips are, because uh, you've experienced it firsthand and you've experienced from the perspective that many, uh, many widows, let's say, would, would, would experience it when their husband passes away and has this basement filled with cards they don't know what to do you you tackled it and figured it out so maybe you can build that checklist and, and share that out there that might be a nice a nice thing to be able to do uh richard zangrillo says i left a note with my most valuable cards for my kids it reads haha this is your problem now <laughs> that's very, one way to do it that, that's very richard so i don't doubt it but uh i love it all right and then we have ren says um what I don't think we're going to read that one. Um, thanks, R-E-N. We're playing putt-putt. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Wait, 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 to, wait to distract me there, R-E-N. Uh, okay, Becca, I want to chat a bit about, you know, we just had Richard put a question up. He's uh, someone who, who I got to know through Clubhouse and then met in person, just as you did. Talk a little, like for anyone who doesn't know about what Clubhouse is, it's a it's a it's a social networking app, but it, it's really like a live and interactive, almost like a podcast where you just people are in what they call a room and you just you just talk to each other. Um, tell me a little bit about you know how that having that community available to you right through till today. Are you still active on? Are you on there every day right now, like in the last couple of weeks? And how important has it been to your enjoyment of this culture and this 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 hobby? So, like you said, it's a voice app and it's kind of like a brainstorming app for real estate. So that's how I was on there first um, for real estate. And then one day, you know, after all my searching, I felt like I needed to um, 
immerse myself more into the hobby. So I looked for a sports card room on uh, Clubhouse and found the best room of <laughs> for sports cards. Just a ton of people who have businesses in the sports card hobby. And so I stumbled on there and I had no idea who these people were, but I just threw out my question. I think it was probably about um, listing stuff on eBay or grading cards, or I don't even know what it was, but I just asked my question in the middle of the chat and some people kindly answered. I remember Richard looking at, at my eBay account and asking how I learned to comp or price the cards because he said that they were actually kind of accurate. So luckily I got caught them on a kind day because sometimes we, we know each other so well that, that sometimes there's banter and jokes and especially with new people, sometimes we like to pick, pick on each other. So anyway, that's how I started and um, met some great people there and I'm kind of addicted to it. It's so easy to just get hop on and join into whatever conversation of sports cards um, they're having that day. And um, they just become friends that I've talked, I talk to more than my non-hobby friends. Um, so there's just some strong friendships that have grown through that. And it's helped when traveling to the national by myself to have some people who I, I trust to connect with. So um, there's always different topics that we talk about, whatever the latest, hottest news is that day in the sports card world. And so that kind of keeps me going. Oh, that's great. I mean, it's, it's nice to have that, that support system available. And then when you are in person at an event, you can, uh, you can actually, like when you met some of these people for the first time, that, that can always be interesting because you made, oh, that's what you look like, you know, or, oh, that the voice doesn't match the face. You're not at all what I thought you'd look like, that kind of thing. Did you have any of that sort of experience when you met everybody at the National or at the Dallas show prior to that? Everything seemed pretty, pretty right. I know that um, Jeremy Allen is someone who I met on Clubhouse and he just happens to live really close to me. So he's someone who came over and looked at my collection and really went through it. Um, when I was still just not sure what I had. And um, he gave me some direction and he's been the person who has introduced me to so many people. Um, he was at the national too. So he introduced me people there and at the Dallas card show since we live so close. So he's been one of, one of the people that I met on clubhouse that has been really, really helpful and a guide in the way that I think my father-in-law would have guided me. Great. Oh, that's, that's nice to hear. And yeah, Jeremy's a, a very passionate hobbyist and, and participant in this in this industry and hobby overall. So good to hear that. Richard says, sometimes I'm moody. Uh, and Brendan Omelia, uh, we already went through that question exactly. So feel free to rewind uh, when we're done and then see what she said about that. Uh, Sports Guard Stallion Ox says, Jeremy Allen is the hobby's true utility man. I just saw, I just saw, I think earlier today, he's got a new position in the hobby with uh, Heritage Auctions as a consignment uh, director, I believe. So congratulations to him. Did you hear about that already? About yes. Yeah. Was he, awesome. is he, did he, did he mention it on Clubhouse and very excited? Yes. Yeah. And then right. I, I think it's only been a couple of weeks. So we talked about it at the Dallas Card Show. And that Heritage Auctions is so close to my house. We have so many hobby buildings 
in my area. I think there's panini, there's tops, there's, I guess, leaf. I didn't know about that. Um, I feel like this is, this is the hub. Everyone needs to come to Dallas Fort Worth. <laughs> I have to get down to a Dallas show. I was talking about it. Actually mentioned it. Uh, I, I was chatting with our, our, our common friend, Dave Marino earlier today. And I said, yeah, I got to get down to one of these Dallas shows. So I'll, uh, I'll get down to one, one of them eventually. It's uh it, it's a must. I've never been, but I feel like it's a must visit at least once a year sort of thing. Um, What's it like with it being every second month? Is it is that the is that the right cadence for that show, or is it too much or not enough? What what are your thoughts? For me, it's a little bit too much. I found myself at some shows. I feel like I'm not sure. I don't have much to do. Um, I think for me, shows since I'm not actively hunting and buying, it's just getting familiar with what's in people's cases, how people have things priced. Um, just identifying, oh yeah, I recognize that card. We have that, or we don't have these. Um, just it's just like a more of a learning experience for me. I think I'm going to be setting up at the March Dallas Card Show for the first time, and so I think all of all of that has been like market research for uh, preparing me for that avenue of selling. Um, but it is a lot. But I see different people at different ones. So um, I think it's pretty cool. I just had to scratch off. I put a little note to myself, uh, vendor to ask if you if you've ever been a vendor at a show and if you plan to be and then you just answered it. So I scratched it off my little notepad here. Um, when you're, you're going to set up the Dallas show, how like do you have do you have showcases to rent? Are you do you have uh, are you nervous about setting up a card show for the first time? Or do you feel that your card show attendance over the past you know, 10 or so months have given you enough insight into how to do it and how to, how to be on that side of the table. I'm not nervous. I think I'm ready. Uh, I think what has held me back so far is being afraid of um, not knowing on the spot what price things need to be. But I think um, I'll have time to prepare whatever it is that I'm going to present. That's going to be the task figuring out from, from this collection what I'm going to actually take and having that experience on the other side of the table where I came to try to sell to some vendors, knowing that it doesn't have to be quick, as quick as I thought. It can be a slow, casual look at comps, discuss it, no rush, no pressure. I think that helps me to um, be confident. We talked, we talked about uh, Clubhouse. I want to just chat about Instagram here for a second. You have an Instagram account. It's at Trading Card Chick. And I'm going to put that back onto the ticker right now so everyone can see what it is. And if, you know, I always recommend to hobbyists, if you don't yet, you know, you might be on Instagram for your family, your friends, and not for your, your normal life. But I, I, I kind of recommend it. I, I, I think it's a good idea, at least to me it is. But please, anyone, tell me if I'm wrong or if you have any other suggestions but if you're if you are a hobbyist and you are willing to have an instagram account you should have a a, a sports card insert or a hobby account too that is separate from your your family and friends account where you're sharing pictures of, of your life at least that those are my thoughts you have one of those accounts at trading card check um how do you like it how do you like the instagram uh group and community and the the culture on there and the 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 temperature of the hobby that we see on there with various accounts and posts and all that 
what are your thoughts on the hobby as it is on Instagram? I definitely agree with your advice. I have a personal page, but I created a sports card page just, um, or a trading card in general page, um, probably nine months into it. So I, I, um, got it in May, uh, right after my first card show. Um, and I like it because I only follow, uh, trading card people. And so that's, it helps me to just zone into that. Um, I don't know. It's like a different I, identity almost just to separate, um, that hobby from personal. And there's, there's so much content out there. Um, so many great, I, I'm really surprised at how big the community is. So I'm, I'm constantly meeting new people on Instagram and people are also messaging me to see what I can sell. I've done some sales off of Instagram. Um, it's just a, a whole new world and it's helpful to just have that separate account so that you can focus on that, that world whenever you want to switch to that account. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Well said, well said. All right. We have a couple more questions here. We're going to wrap this up pretty soon, everybody. So, uh, you know, if you have any final questions for Becca, put them into the chat and we will get to them as soon as we can. There's two more here that I'm going to get to. The first one is by uh, Mark Santucci says, does Becca have a favorite hockey card, whether it be a Dallas stars, or a different team, a favorite hockey card in your collection? So I feel like we only had the good stars. So Hull or um, es, what is it? Esposito. Um, and I think probably my favorite is, it's just the Gretzky. I mean, you can't go wrong with one of those top iconic cards. So that's one, that's my favorite. It's probably the most valuable one that we have, and it's the one that I don't think that will sell for a while. Which ties into Jake Toe's question here. After realizing what you have, have you had second thoughts about selling? So there are a couple cards, I guess, as the, the Gretzky you mentioned, maybe a few more that you, you might consider keeping because you like them, they're iconic, and maybe they're good long-term investment holds. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Definitely. There are those long-term investment holds, but I, I find myself struggling between the mentality of what is my job? I'm, I'm supposed to be selling this and getting caught up with, Oh, we probably should hold on to this. I, I say that to a lot of things. So that might be some of the wasted time is, um, me, my, my hobby, um, enthusiasm wanting to hold on to this because it's a cool, uh, historic card. Um, versus remembering my duty that I'm trying to sell it. So it, it, it's kind of like a mind battle a lot of times. Yeah, it can, it can definitely come to, come to that. I, I, can, I can see how, how it could uh, lead to that for you. Okay, um, listen, uh, we've gotten to the end of my notes, except for one, one, one question still, and I, we'll see what your thoughts are on this, but the hobby itself, you know, we've been through, through, we've been through a time over the past couple of years do you yourself have any projections as to the health, like the health of the hobby moving into 2023? Do you think that we're on an upswing? Do you think we're going to remain steady? Do you think that that uh, you know values and and volume are going to come down? Do you have what what is what are your perceptions of that? Well, I think same with comparing it to the real estate market and a lot of other markets. This past year has been a slow cautionary 
wait and see year. So I think that has to do with our, our slowdown. And, you know, the years before that, starting in 2020, I wasn't in the hobby yet, but I hear that's when a boom was, when people were getting into their collections when they had time at home. Um, and just like real estate, our prices are starting to level out, correct a little bit and level out. I can only go by with what, what I'm seeing with real estate. I have buyers and even sellers wanting to rebuy who are gearing up for the spring. And so I, I think that the hobby will do the same thing. I think um, it's good and healthy to kind of pull yourself back and reevaluate what's important uh, to spend money on. But I think that um, from what I've seen with new people coming into the hobby all the time um, with something that you can collect, some, there's something for everyone. I see kids, I see women, I see um, all kinds of people. There's something for everyone in this hobby. And I think the more people um, become aware that there even are cards for their favorite TV shows, um, it, it has great potential. I went to this trade night last night here, just about 30 minutes north of me. And as I reviewed the, the crowd in that room, there were women in there. Um, you know, they may, they may not have been just there to collect themselves, but they were, there were women there that were interested in whether they were with our kids. Um, so not, not maybe women as in collectors or, or hobbyists, but I'm, I'm actually thinking like there might've been myself included three or four people. There were probably 50 people there. Maybe three or four were over the age of 40 and there were lots of kids, lots of, lots of like you know, up to 50, you know, those kind of not in that what, eight or nine to 15 year old range in there. And I was just thinking, this is, this is a great sign that uh, the hobby is going, is going to endure and continue on. Cause there are still lots of, lots of young people that are in it. Um, when we talked about the, the hockey card, the Gretzky card, and you, you said, you know, it's, 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 a, it's an iconic card. You, I saw you talking to Adam Gray from PWCC about the iconic list that they put out last year, the top 100 iconic list that were the subject of a vote by 150 hobbyists. And um, you have, you were tracking, I've even seen on Instagram, you were tracking how many cards from that list that you had. What was the final tally on how many cards your father-in-law's collection had of the top 100 iconic cards as voted on by, uh, by, by people through the PWCC uh, initiative. I think we finished at 21, which is a good percentage. Um, I think my father-in-law knew what he was doing um, in collecting all these stars. We didn't, we don't have many like patch autos. So some of those cards were on the list that we didn't have. Um, and we don't have any of like, we don't have a Michael Jordan, rookie we don't have um, a mickey mantle rookie uh but i that was a really fun way for me to um get a feel on what we did have and an opportunity for me to show off some of the collection that as it came up on the list oh yeah for sure for sure um okay jerry hotch uh this this shirt i'm wearing is a, a just like a a print of a gretzky rookie i wore it because i knew that becca had her, uh, her has the Gretzky card. And I just bought this from a Facebook ad one day. That's all I know. I don't remember where it was. So uh, on, on Facebook, uh, Jerry. Uh, Mitch says, have her show. Oh, yeah. How could I, I forgot about that? Let's see the cards you have. And then we're going to wrap up. 
Okay, so I showed you the Luca Silver Prism. Here are some cool vintage cards. Ooh. It's a uh, 1934 National Ch Chicle. Sure. Um, Charles Lindbergh Skybirds. So it's part of like the, I think uh, there were airplanes <laughs> with this. And here's Doolittle. And then um, here's Reggie Jackson. That, One um, of my all-time favorite cards right there. I love that. Love that one, card. That one was already graded. We got this one graded, this Yao Ming. There's a, it's an autograph on there. It's hard to see. Very nice. And then this really cool non-sport card. Oh, yeah. The Giant. Nice. I love the slab strongs you've got around these yes, uh, these slabs. Cool. Matt, the color match to the because that that Andre the Giant card now we can see it is nice and yellow matches almost perfectly to to Tim's yellow rubber slab strong there. Yeah, that makes it really fun. So that's all that I pulled to show. Okay. Well, hey, well, thank you for that. Thank you for showing some some cards there, Mitch. Thanks for the reminder. Uh, Jake says, just followed Becca and have her saved in my sellers on eBay. I'll be watching to buy. That's very nice, Jake. There you go, Becca. Maybe we can help get you some uh, some sales from this show. And Mark Santucci says, no Bowman card, 51, uh, card 253. That's the Mickey Mantle rookie card. But you, you may or may not have that. But I think you certainly don't have the 52 tops Mantle, which is the more valuable of the two. Okay, well, listen, I think we're going to wrap this up, Becca. I want to thank you for joining and uh, sharing your story with the, with uh, all the friends that you brought on here by virtue of you being on, on Sports Cards Live tonight and sharing your story with the, the, the regular Sports Cards Live audience. Thank you for that. It's always interesting to hear anybody's story and how they get in the hobby and how they're handling it and how, just how they're approaching it. And I think you're doing, you seem to be doing a great job and you've immersed yourself into the community, which I know is a, a very fun part of it as well. Vintage Card Collector says that Becca was a breath of fresh air. Thanks, very, thank you, Vintage. Kevin says, great episode, very interesting. Well done, Jeremy and Becca. Thank you, Kevin. good to see you, my favorite uh, Steve Eisenman collector. And um, Becca, final word to you. Any more comments from the chat, get them in. You got about 30 seconds. Becca will give final comments to you, and then we'll wrap this up. I need to go get... Uh, to work to add more to my eBay, which you can see more of the collection. Thank awesome. you so much for having me. You are you are more than welcome. It's great having you. Stiff arm with a round of applause. Good to see you, Mark Santucci. Five out of five stars. Thank you, Becca. All right, everybody. Just a reminder: follow Becca on Instagram at Trading Card Chick. Tomorrow, Collectible Live with Mike Cants. You, if you if you're in the hobby, you know you probably know Mike Cants, MC and MC Cards. He will be on to talk about the the collectible bids wanted in competition cards and assets that are going in the first wave of that on the collectible platform that's collectible live seven o'clock eastern tomorrow and then at 9 30 eastern i'll be coming back for another live stream with josh madigan from hockey cards gong show and we are going to cover the pwcc weekly auction the hockey card category and talk about the cards in there so with that, have a good rest of your night, Becca. Hang tight right there. Everybody else, thanks for joining us. This episode is over. <laughs>